Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church, and I am joined by my wife, Julie, today. Hello, Julie. Hello. It is a nice, hot, sunny day today. It's almost the summer. School is winding down. It's exciting and sad all wrapped up. I'm ready for the homework to be done. I'm ready for pool days. But I also love the rhythm of school. Yeah. And hey, this is our second to last episode in parenting. So we're going to finish this up right before the summer kicks off. Next week, we have our last episode where it's going to be a catch-all episode of your feedback. We're going to have a hodgepodge of topics that we're going to hit and cover the best we can. But this has been fun to do. It is. And sometimes I just feel overwhelmed a little because we're in the trenches with it like a lot of you all. Yeah. Yeah. But we had a nice day yesterday. Just real quick. We were able to finally get away and I gave you a Christmas present, which was to go to the Biltmore. Yeah. Biltmore experience. I love the Biltmore. I appreciate the artfulness of it so much. It's just beautiful. And we had gone a couple years ago during the winter. Christmas time. Around Christmas time. That was gorgeous. But we had never actually seen the grounds and gardens in the spring. With everything blossoming. It was beautiful. Really nice weather. It was a little cool. So we weren't too hot. We were able to sit in the gardens and just talk about life. I know. Long walks in the gardens. Prolonged sits on benches. We're turning into old people. We went to the Biltmore we went to the outlets. We didn't buy anything. I bought a Diet Coke. That was it. And <laughs> You bought a Biltmore t-shirt. I bought a Biltmore t-shirt. And you bought a Diet Coke and you looked at flowers. <sighs> we're getting old. Yeah. But we were ready to come back, see our kids and our family. And my parents were able to watch our kids. It was a great day. And here we are, ready to go. So today we're going to talk through Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5. I'm entitling this episode, Show, Don't Tell. I'm going to read Psalm 127, 3 through 5. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Children are a heritage from the Lord. I wanted to spend some time talking about that that word right there. In our society, we don't think enough about this. We have a very individualistic culture, and I think I'm guilty of this. I think everyone is to a certain extent, but we just get in our own little world, our life with our kids. Like, I wanna have fun with my kid, I wanna do this. And we often don't think about the generational aspect of parenting. What you're pouring into your kid right now, what they're learning from you and picking up from you, isn't just a today or tomorrow thing or this year type of thing, especially the younger your kids are, you're setting up patterns for the rest of their life that's going to go into their kids. Yeah. When I think of this word heritage, I think zoom out big picture, Mm -hmm. generations to generation. What are your kids inheriting from you? That's their heritage. Yeah. Your kid is not just a one generational thing. It's multi-generational. So that means we have to actually step back and analyze like, hey, what are some of the things that I picked up from my parents 
I'm seeing now in my own parenting creep into my own kids. Identify that. Mm-hmm. And what needs to be broken? Are there generational sins like anger or pride or laziness that need to be cut off and end in your generation? And you want to pass on something else as a heritage to the rest of the generations that are going to come from you. The fruit of the womb is a reward. So it's amazing to think about the obvious gift that kids are. Life is beautiful. Yeah. Whenever I hear someone is pregnant, there's just so much joy that comes with that. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. But we can get so busy. We can get so wrapped up into what we want to accomplish right now that we miss how big of a gift and reward they truly are that we don't have forever. We only have a limited time with our kids. And that's another imbalance piece that you do see creep in a lot is when people just view their kid as this is my kid for the rest of my life. This is going to be my best friend forever. And Mm -hmm. they never want to let go. And a lot of bad fruit comes from that. It's just selfish. It is. You manipulate things to keep yourself comfortable. And eventually, without fail, it pushes your own kid away because your own kid is suffocated and it's not natural for you to be lording over them for the rest of their life. They are meant to go out and to live their own life and to start their own family. You know, So we have to have all that framework in place. And it starts at a very young age. Even with discipline, you're not going to discipline well and consistently and with a loving heart and saying the tough things, especially in those early years where it's very difficult and you have to be on it. If you're not immediately thinking about this from day one, right. that my child is a heritage, that I'm, that I'm passing off to the next person. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to our very first podcast where we talked about the different seasons of parenting, the first phase, the zero to six, where there's a lot of discipline, and then yep. seven to 13, you know, just the different phases. And As your kids are growing up, if you have this mindset, when they get to be those teen years, this is where this really sets in Mm -hmm. of setting that foundation for raising them to have independence, to go out and start their own life. Yeah, I was having a conversation with my son, my oldest son, just last week, and he had been really disrespectful to you. He's basically a tween at this point in time. He's oh, 10 years old. 100% a tween. He's a very independent kid and he's smart. He thinks on his own, but he was being disrespectful to you. And of course he needs your help. He needs your guidance on what to wear. He's a 10 year old boy. He doesn't have <laughs> the same fashion sense that you have. So you're helping him out and he's ticked off about it. Right. And as he was disrespectful, I told him, Hey, look, you have to respect your mom. God, tells you to first of all learn to honor your father and mother and if you're not respectful to your mother right now as a 10 year old what makes you think you're just going to be able to snap your finger and flip a switch and be respectful to women when you're married to someone Mm -hmm. when you're older the way you treat your mother right now is the way you're going to treat your wife one day so that right there i mean that's just an example i'm not trying to pat myself on the back but like that's an example of thinking big picture generationally what they're picking up the habits that they're picking up right now or going to go into that's when i when i said you're going to be passing them on to someone else right they're going to be a husband a mother a wife 
a grandfather. They're going to be that later on, right? They're not going to stay a child And it's hard to think forever. about that when they're two. Yeah. And they're having a tantrum, kicking and screaming on the floor. It's hard right. to think like, oh, they're going to be a grandpa one day. And so I got to instill these things. Yeah, I see this all the time in our family. We were really on it with Beckham and Paxton. And then with Monroe, you know, the sweet little girl, the baby of the family. I mean, she's not really the baby of the family anymore. But it's easy just to like let it slide with mm-hmm. someone like that. And I mean... If we don't stay consistent with her too, we're going to feel that down the road. Mm -hmm. So I like to think of it this way. I was actually doing some research uh, on something else and kind of came across this. They were talking about good writing. And good writing sets the scene. It shares the atmosphere. And it gets away from just stating facts. As a matter of fact, this all came about. I'll just go ahead and tell you I was doing research. Well, it came about through a TV show that I watch, The Mandalorian, which did not have good writing this year. And, and okay. if you if you don't think so, just come at me. But uh, I do not watch that show. I know, I know. You have no idea what I'm talking about right now, as far as The Mandalorian goes. But, and if but you just, love it, that's okay. You yeah. are entitled to love it. I mean, I loved it up until season three. But here's the thing: in this show, it's just them telling you the audience exactly what i'm about to do i'm gonna go walk down this dark cave i need to do this it's not good writing when they're just telling you i'm about to do this you're just stating the obvious right so when you have writing that's that way it's very amateur it's boring and good writing is showing you something not just telling you something there's this man named anton Chekhov who taught people about writing and he said don't tell me the moon is shining show me the glint of light on broken glass Mm. it's so much more powerful to hear about something and to be shown something than it is just to be told this is what you need to do do it this way because you can say to your kid be kind be kind and then the whole day i've been unkind to them i haven't shown them kindness at all (laughs) Right, right. And we get frustrated because they're treating everyone so unkindly, but I'm yelling them every two seconds and not being kind with my discipline and my words. Well, you don't yell every two seconds, but no. I, know, I know what you mean. Just using you mean. an example. But yeah. this is where we have to have it on our radar that our actions speak louder than our words, showing more yeah. than what we say. Yeah, absolutely. So your faith is how you show them the love of God. Your, in your faith is how you show them conflict resolution. Your faith shows them how you handle people who are unkind to you, how you react to that knucklehead on the road or how you react to that family member. Like all of those things, you're showing them, not just telling them this is what needs to happen. And how beautiful would it be that you choose to have faith and in that that's the heritage that you pass on to your kids and their kids and their kids and it started with you I think it's just so cool when I hear of people's testimonies where they maybe didn't grow up in a Christian home and they get saved as an adult and that completely changes the entire landscape for their family and generations to come absolutely a lack of robust faith will 
bring distance with your kids. Mm. It's convicting. Think about that. It does. And neglect is the step before abuse. It's not exactly the same. It is a step before abuse, but it does carry the same effects as mm -hmm. abuse, which is why people do look at neglect as a form of abuse. It's not the same as hitting, but psychologically, you are negatively affecting your kid in a similar way. So mm -hmm. it's not just about what we want out of life and what our kids are providing for us. And like, I need to get my kid out of my hair so I can do my thing. Like, no, you don't have that much time with your kids in the big picture. They're a heritage from the Lord. And what you do or don't do mm -hmm. with your kids is affecting them for good or for bad. And those things are going to affect generations. I mean, Julie, you've seen this, right? Like you've seen generational sins yeah. pop up. But we counsel with people all the time and it comes up. Yeah. And we have it in my family. David has it in his family. You can probably think for five seconds and immediately be uh -huh. able to identify what those are. One other thing that's just really big with when we're talking about showing and not telling is to think on the scripture that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. You can also think of it as the mouth is a window into the heart. Yeah. I also have heard some preachers say it's like there's a string from your heart to the mouth. And when your mouth huh. opens up, it's like that string is being pulled. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like you have eyes of the windows into the soul. What is coming out of your mouth is absolutely revealing where your heart is at. We can tell when our kids are having a good attitude or bad attitude simply by their tone and what they're saying. Or their countenance. <laughs> yeah. A couple of them, they can't hide it. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. They're not happy about something. Which I'm glad for, honestly. I'm glad they can't hide it that well right now. I'm glad it's easy. It's a little more honest it's that way. black and white to see it. Yeah. So just some practical things to think through on this. You don't always have to have the big conversation in the moment. Sometimes you need to just say, hey, take a deep breath, go get this done. We'll circle back and talk about this later. You know, maybe you're in the middle of something else. And I just want to put in a little ding here. Make sure you're consistent with that. If you choose to say that, like, hey, you need to finish your homework, but we aren't done with this discussion. We are going to talk about this right after dinner and follow through with that. Don't don't forget. And and we've been there. We have forgotten. And then it makes it harder the next time it comes around because you weren't consistent. Yeah. And there's times when you're disciplining and it's to the point where you're not making headway and they're just going back and forth with you where you have to just say, hey, you're going to talk to your dad about this mm -hmm. when he gets home. <laughs> and I mean, this happened last week. I actually didn't get to it until the next day because we had a very busy night. But we made sure to get back to that of, look, this is how you were talking to your mom. Let's get to the heart behind why you weren't accepting what she was trying to tell you. Why were you not trusting her? Why were you making it so difficult? Having that conversation is very important. And, and you just brought me in to back you up, mm -hmm. which dads, that's important to do. If your wife is telling you, I'm having a hard time with my daughter, I'm having a hard time with X, Y, Z, this situation with my son, you, you name it. If she's coming to you and telling you that, 
get engaged and lead your home. You don't need to leave all of the discipline up to your wife. You should be right there step for step with her in that. And we've seen this. We have seen many situations. Over and over again. Where it's all on one parent and the dad didn't lead the home the way he should and come in there and actually have a hard conversation. He shirked his responsibility on that. And his wife suffered because of it. And it can create generational sense. Yeah. Like that's how those things happen. And I would say too, I know that there's probably some single moms listening to this, or maybe you're in a marriage where the father is not active. I just want you to know, like lean into the Lord and he's going to give you grace to be that amazing mom that you are. Yeah. And sometimes there's other men in your church, in your life group, or maybe a family member that steps in into that role. Yeah, absolutely. So you're asking questions. What did you do? How could you have handled that differently? What does Jesus say about this? You could even ask, what do you think I could have done differently? But asking questions, that stirs the heart, you know, Mm -hmm. and that helps you get to the root behind it all. Those heart probing questions, just so important. And when you do ask those questions, make sure that you're listening for understanding. Listen for cues. You know, are they looking at things from a worldly perspective or do they have a biblical worldview? It goes back to out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Those things are going to clue you in to Mm -hmm. what's going on, their thought process. And it's very important at times. Let them fail. We've already talked about this in the podcast. Narrate the situation for them. Yeah, I think we need to talk about that for a second, David. Letting your kids fail. That's a really hard thing as a parent to watch your kids suffer and to hurt and to make bad choices. And it's really hard to know when to allow them to fail and when to step in. There's definitely a balance to it. Sometimes you do need to step in and help them. And sometimes it's time to let them learn the hard way. Yeah, this is so common where... The mother bear has to protect their kid. And what they end up doing is enabling their kid to continually fail. I have a small example. Let's say your kid forgets their lunch at home and you're like, okay, well, of course they need to eat. School lunch is expensive. I'm going to drive it over for them because they need to eat. But they forgot it. They left it. They weren't being responsible. They know better. And accidents do happen, you know, from time to time. We, I, I forget things. You know, there's grace for that. But when it's a consistent pattern, at some point I'm going to have to say, hey, look, if this happens again, I'm not going to be coming to get you lunch, to give you lunch. You can have some water and <laughs> maybe a friend can give you a snack, but you're going to have to learn the hard way. And I'll have yeah. food for you when I pick you up. <laughs> and there you take that into, I mean, we talk a lot about young kids parenting because that's where we're at. But let's say, let's say you have an older child and they're close to being an adult and maybe they're still in the home and they're making really foolish decisions. Maybe they're abusing a substance or they're just, they're not setting themselves up for success. They're being lazy, making poor decisions. What do you need to do as a parent there? Well, 
I'm setting up a complicated scenario, right? I don't have like a black yes. and white answer for you. There's a lot of variables here. You know the situation yourself, but what you make sure you don't want to do is enable them by bailing them out. Mm. That's not loving them and that's not helping them learn from it. Right. Hiding it, covering it up, swooping in and bailing them out again and again and again. It's only compounding the problem. And it's not the right thing to do. Yeah. And that's common as your kids are older. I think more of that scenarios in the later teen years. Right. But yeah, you have to let them come to the answers of where did I make the wrong decision in my own heart? If you can get them to see that you're doing the right thing. And I would point out in this scenario, being able to sit down and talk about the heart of, of that situation, if you haven't already established in your kid to be able to have a conversation with you, to sit down and th- we talk things out, it's going to be 10 times harder. And that starts when they're young. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're having those conversations, again, make it about character, not performance. Mm, so This is hard. Yeah, it is. It is. We, we're not perfect in this. It can easily be like, hey, come on, snap out of it. Do the right thing. Which... You partially need to say that, but you can't just end there, right? You have to go into, this is who I want you to be, not what I want you to be. Mm-hmm. And this is a very simple way to frame it, but it's a very complicated thing that we're talking about. But you, at the end of the day, if you're thinking through the big picture here of passing on a heritage, what am I passing on and sending out with my kid? You have to go back to, is it about who I want you to be or what I want you to be. Because if it's the what, it's just going to be a performance thing. And I would even take that a step further and instill in them whose they are. Mm -hmm. That understanding that they're a child of the king and they're loved by God. There's times where my oldest, here we go again. (laughs) We should just title this. (laughs) We could do a whole one Beckham stories. (laughs) We could. But he gets so upset about himself over himself and he'll just beat himself up. And sometimes the only way to get him out of that is just to put your arm around him, give him a big hug, let him know like, Hey, I love you. You're my son. Mm-hmm. Like nothing is going to change that. Like, right. I just care about your heart and where you're going with your life. And I love you enough to have these conversations because you're my son and I know you have a lot of potential. Like, that's you have to let him get that part down before you can even move forward with anything else Mm -hmm. and you have to remind him of that try to imagine god doing the discipline he's not gonna yell he's not gonna threaten get angry display the heart of god kind humble caring compassionate all of those things yeah love cannot be based on conforming to standards And a lot of families fall into this trap where the kid feels like they are loved when they obey. But they're going to fall in love with the Lord when they understand where that rule comes from and they understand your heart behind it. Yeah, you can think of it even as conditional love versus unconditional love. Their love is based on their actions and what they do. And if you base it on who they are, that's going to bring forth the fruit of unconditional love, which is a mirror of who God is. He loves us unconditionally. Thank you, Lord. Balance is the key here. Balancing that loving correction 
with affirmation. And we have talked a little bit about this already. You just can't go heavy, too heavy on either one. I know. It can be really, really difficult because you want to say good job for XYZ and you're amazing and you did so great. And you can see your kid's countenance just light up when you use those positive, kind words. Right. And unfortunately, what can happen is kids can mess up, mess up, mess up. So we feel like all we're saying is no, 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 stop, stop, stop. This is wrong. You're disobeying. Yeah. And and there's just such a balance to it. And one of the one thing that we started doing in our family, I I think since our kids were like basically can understand is on their birthday we give the gift of words. And we all go around and we share what we love about that person. Things that they mean to us point out really strong character traits that they have and and characteristics that are a blessing to our family yeah and this is just one way for us as a family to bring that element in to our home yeah you got to find rhythms and make traditions in your family for affirmation i even talked a few weeks ago i used a sermon illustration how sometimes parents can just go overboard with that all the kid hears is their parents singing their praise and then they just get in a big head themselves. We know a family that was like this, really sweet family, loved them to death. And they raised their kids this way. They only said things that were positive and you're amazing, you are the best <laughs> yeah. about every little thing they did. Well, then when working with these kids, they yeah. could do no wrong. Yeah. And they would mess up hardcore, be nasty. But, but they've they been told take, their whole life they take anything that they are just amazing. Right. So there is a balance. Yeah, absolutely. Just look at the rest of this verse again, though, as we close here. Psalm 127, verse 4. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. So... You have here even this whole concept of when you are raising a family with kids who love the Lord, who are godly, like that is going to make a huge impact into the world around us. Shining light. And I love the picture here of arrows. You can picture a bow and arrow. And our jobs as parents is to shoot them out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard as a mom. I can get teary even just thinking about it. Like man, like one day they're not going to be dependent on me and they're going to be in our big, ugly world having to navigate it. But it's my job to prepare them for that. Yeah. And to give it to the Lord, to pray over them. You're equipping them for life. You're equipping them to be a parent. And yeah, it's an arrow that you're shooting into the darkness, an arrow of light, Lord willing, that you're shooting into the darkness. So this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's a very serious thing and it's something that requires our utmost attention and sacrifice and consistent discipline right now is parenting these kids because you got to send them out. I have to show them, not just tell them about the love of God so they can shine that into the world around them. And have a godly heritage to pass on. Yeah. Well, Julie, do you have any resources that you would like to recommend? Yes, I have a couple here. As we've been doing this podcast, there is a family in our church and she gave us a book 
that has been helpful to her as she's been raising her kids. So I thought we would recommend that one. And then I've got one other one we're going to do too, kind of a bonus today. Yeah. But this one our friend recommended is called Visionary Parenting by Rob and Amy Renow, I think is how you pronounce that. It's R-I-E-N-O-W. And know God's purpose for your family and build your life around it. It very much falls into line with like, what we were talking about here in this episode. Yeah, it's it's capturing God-sized vision for your family. Yeah. What is the vision that God has for you? It's in God's word. <laughs> yeah. But I recommend that. And then one other one is Risen Motherhood. That's by Emily Jensen and Lauren Whiffler. If you're a millennial, you probably follow them on Instagram. They've got a podcast. They have a book. They just have really great practical advice and highly recommend that. Thanks, Julie. Great stuff. Well, we will be back next week for our final episode. So if you have anything you'd like us to speak into. I mean, just a little teaser. We're going to talk about the birds and the bees. We're going to talk about mom guilt. It's just really a big spectrum of topics. I can't wait. We're looking forward to it. We'll see you again next week. You are loved.